0: Bridgetown and those of you joining us online, my name is Bethany Allen and this is the Bridgetown Daily for Friday, July 17th. We are officially in summer, which means at least for some of us, vacation is here or right around the corner. A few weeks ago, I took my first vacation, or really my first days off in about four months. Now, maybe that doesn't sound so bad to you, but considering all that this season has held, It felt much needed. A few days leading up to vacation, I kept running my to-do list over and over again in my head. I always make a list on my phone before vacation, and it consists of finishing emails, to buying goldfish for the plane ride, to taking out the trash. This is how I keep my sanity, or at least allow myself to think that I am. This time, as I was preparing to leave, I kept having that overwhelming feeling that I was forgetting something. Even as I was headed to my destination, I kept running the list over and over again, certain that I was missing something, that someone needed something from me, that something would not happen because I didn't produce or provide a particular thing. I felt like that mom in Home Alone. What was I missing? This nagging sensation lasted about three days until my pace, my rhythm, and my routine were disrupted. Now, generally, disruption has a bad reputation because it is, by nature, disruptive. It creates a rift and interruption in our process, in the order, in the ethos of our productivity. It interrupts the status quo and even the vision we have for the day or for a relationship or for an event or the process of something. And all of that, at best, is wildly inconvenient. We, especially those of us in the West, are people who love order. We love predictability, which can also be translated stability. And we love control because it makes us feel safe. And while that's not a bad thing, it's not always a good thing either. In the work of spiritual formation, it's been said that transformation must be deeply disruptive in order to be truly formative. And all throughout the scriptures, we see this kind of disruption, the kind that transforms. It certainly is inconvenient and unpredictable, but it is present nonetheless. And these disruptions, these holy moments even, were never timely and never neat. I think about David when he was anointed as king. He was called from his shepherding field to a dinner table only to be anointed king of Israel. Or Saul, who was on the road to Damascus with a mission before him, only to have that mission be interrupted by the very one he was persecuting. Or the woman at the well in John chapter 4, as she hid from the women of her city, only to be met by a man who would not only save her, but redeem her. Or in Acts chapter 2, when the spirit fell at Pentecost, with many gathered in a room, and then suddenly a wind from heaven comes and fills and shakes the whole house. And these stories go on and on. Each of these, as well as many others, all had moments of disruption. Moments where they were not only called out of their regular rhythms, but moments in which their destinies were reoriented. Holy disruption often displaces us, but it's through that displacement that we are able to encounter God in new ways. Author, lawyer, and activist Rachel Denhollander once said that displacement and isolation are sometimes the context in which God does his deepest work. And if that's true, and I believe it is, then our moments of disruption, those times in which our lives are being interrupted, in big and small ways, are also opportunity for God to do his best work in us. The problem is, more often than not, we, being creatures of comfort that we are, forego and even forsake, consciously or subconsciously, any disruption for the sake of our own consolation. There is something in us that innately wars against discomfort. And I know that struggle in a new way, all too well. As I came down off my three-day detox of going nonstop, I realized that the pace I was keeping, the kind of eight to seven, five to six-ish days a week schedule, had produced in me no room or allowance for disruption of any kind, people or the Holy Spirit. And it was through being politely forced to take a break that I was able to actually encounter God in ways that transformed Not only my internal world, but my external one as well. Through the rest that disruption brought, the imminent pause and delay in my thinking and process, I was given room for God's spirit to speak and reveal to me the workings and the breakings and the exhaustions of my heart. But it was also in that disruption that I found breath and vision and a reorientation for this present moment and for the season ahead. Today for me is the Sabbath. And the thing I love most about Sabbath, or am really learning to appreciate more and more these days, is that it is a small but holy disruption. It is a day and rhythm set aside to disrupt the routine and pace of our weekly grind. And it is meant to not only disrupt our schedule, but to disrupt the workings of our heart, the places we've previously ignored, the places we've built barriers instead of bridges, the places where we failed to see in ourselves and in others the gift and wonder of the image of God. I'd like for us just to take a moment to listen and reflect Where in this week did you experience disruption? What did it look like? How did you respond? Where have you been avoiding disruption and why? What posture can you take today that would create space for disruption to bring transformation? As you go into your Sabbath this week, may you welcome it and all the disruption it brings. May you learn to celebrate and invite the inconvenience, the noise or the quiet of it, And may it cultivate in you a reoriented heart.